Well, greetings being and welcome to this edition of the Conscious Politics Wednesday Audio Edition. Stephen Morrison here, author of the Conscious Politics Sunday newsletter and the voice you're currently listening to. Okay, so this edition is going to focus on two subjects. One is a follow-up from just the piece the other day about civics and what I imagined a conscious president might do with regard to the subject. And I want to say a few things about last night's spiritual workout for politics and current events monthly drop-in. So, civics. So I published that piece on Sunday, and one thing that I wanted to say regardless was to just reiterate that in the presentation of that kind of thing from where I sit, it is never about, hey, America, hey, you, here's what we should do, says me. It's really, and I hope it comes across that way, it's really, hmm, If we were taking a conscious approach to things the way we're doing them, here's one example of what that might look like. And I tried to tie that up at the end by saying, look, another conscious politics uh, practitioner, office holder, might have a completely different way to go about addressing civics or uh, might have different ideas for the president or as a senator or representative, things that they can do on their own. So again, it's never about one man's opinion. It's rather one man's interpretation and idea to spark (laughs) conversations about more and more and more and more and more ideas. So that's part one of Civic's follow-up. Part two is that piece was published by me on Sunday and perhaps read by you since then. The very next day in the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, one of their regular opinion writers, published a piece titled Liz Cheney points to the plague of civic illiteracy. So what's the cure? Imagine my excited desire to uh, see what this was all about. And so you'll see a link below to that Washington Post piece. And I just thought it was fascinating because we're both seeing the same problem. If I'm aligning with Liz Cheney, much less Jennifer Rubin, which isn't so hard to do. Liz Cheney doesn't happen very often. But on this, we're a thousand percent aligned. You know, this civics illiteracy in our country is is damaging. I went so far as to say it's a threat to national security. I don't see how it isn't. Um, but that's just me. But I thought it was an interesting study in the contrasts because what I see in Rubin's piece here are what I would just call everyday, regular, mainstream, hmm, well, this is what we've done before and this is what we can do. You know, some of the ideas that Cheney had were, well, we could do constitution boot camps for newly sworn in members of Congress. Are you kidding me? We get 535 human beings to be representatives plus the three from our territories, right? To be representing us in the House. And we're actually 
<laughs> going to fix the problem that some of them have no idea how our system of government works by giving them a tutoring lesson when they come in. It just seems woefully inadequate and based on an idea that shouldn't even happen in the in the first place. You know, and there were all these other, I'm just going to call them bromides, things that you and I might say, well, there's nothing wrong with doing any of that. But from where I sit, law of attraction is always on. We get more and more of what we think about. We have to reach virtually everybody in our society. We need a whole of society, all hands on deck, resetting of <laughs> informing all Americans about how our system of government works. Again, that's my opinion, and it's Jennifer Rubin's opinion. We just go about it in a completely different way. I think our way, my way, goes much further. And it's inspired 100% because of law of attraction, thinking in those terms, getting clear about what we want and what we need, what we want and what we need, being in this case uh, an informed citizenry and not getting caught up in thoughts and ideas and old belief systems about what is and isn't possible. Uh, so I just thought it was an interesting moment to maybe look at these two pieces side by side and see if you notice anything. I'll be happy to hear if you do. Okay, part two of today is to just talk a little bit about last night's spiritual workout for politics and current events. It's currently a monthly drop-in. Drop-in means any, everyone is welcome, and everyone is welcome to raise their hand and bring up whatever issues that uh, they're having with regard to their moment on the political landscape, and we work it out spiritual workout style. Spiritual workout is the brand of personal growth and development, mental health for the soul, uh, that is geared toward individuals and couples, and it overlaps with conscious politics. So we could call it conscious politics. We could call it spiritual workout for politics, where I sit in this moment, fledgling in a good way, you know, kind of new in the world, just coming on. Uh, it's one place where they overlap, so call it what you will. So in addition to our regular drop-in, anybody comes, anybody raises their hand to bring up any subject that they want, we had had a request a couple of weeks ago to maybe see what it's like to start creating a group intention for world peace. World peace being something a whole bunch of us uh, would love to see happen. So what does that mean to us? What does that actually look like? So we started last night. Somebody had a question about immigration policy. Fantastic. And as we got more and more into the conversation, uh, a few things started to happen. First and foremost, you know, for me, it's all about, well, how, okay, we're talking about immigration, we're talking about the United States, so we're talking about U.S. immigration policy and infusing it with consciousness. And in the course of this one conversation, which involved more than the one person, we came up with a number of things that if we're sitting, imagining a committee uh, in the halls of Congress tasked with creating yet another updated uh version of legislation for uh, our immigration policy, we were infusing it with compassion. We were talking in detail about some things that we would want the policy to uh, deliver. 
And that's what we do when we're setting our intentions. We start at the end. So it was full of all kinds of things that obviously have not been part of <laughs> our system to date. And I don't want to bog down in the details, but we did the same thing that we always do with individuals. It was just applied to a group and it had more people involved. So different people talking about some version of, well, you know, I want the rules that people, when people are coming, that it's clear uh, what the rules and regulations are. When people arrive here, we want them to feel like they have landed in a good place and we want them to have good experiences once they've come, things like that. And so it was really interesting just to think and talk as complete amateurs, just citizens, not just, there's what's more important than being a citizen in this society, uh, but to really just start looking at and thinking in terms of what it would be like if we infused some of our ideas into this process. And I thought it was uh, rather enlightening and it definitely got a few people thinking uh, much more than they were before about this subject called immigration policy. The next thing that happened was the person who brought up the immigration thing, her intention, her desire, her vision was so much, we realized it, it went far beyond immigration policy. And so that was fun to see too. You know, we're always toggling when we talk about conscious politics between what are the issues for us individually, the me, personally, and what are the we issues and, and how they, of course, go back and forth and back and forth. So then we saw her personal issue with immigration grow into a whole, I don't want to mischaracterize it, but a whole uh, other vision that bled right into our next subject, which was creating this world peace intention. So that was a really interesting thing. For me, you know, it's a win. It's a big, giant win. Just have a, a group of people it's starting to answer the question, well, what does it look like when we're living on a planet and there's world peace? What does it really truly look like? And, you know, not unusually in the beginning, it's like, hmm, that's really hard. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, and that's what we do here. That's what being conscious is all about. It's getting clear about what we want and holding fast to those visions. Uh, so we went from the individual, we went to the group, we went from immigration policy to world peace. And then within the world peace, you know, so much, the word kept coming up, compassion, compassion, compassion. Then somebody else raised their hand and said, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with how to be compassionate in the world. I understand a lot of this idea intellectually. I certainly desire to be a compassionate person and I'm having difficulty with uh, really seeing what that looks like in my everyday life. So there we are. We go back to an individual person and their role and who they are and what they need in this particular moment in order to uh, continue down this, as we keep calling it, as I keep calling it, this conscious path. So bottom line to all that, it was a really, for me, from where I sit, a really dynamic uh, 90 minutes and an absolute manifestation of an intention for me personally to be out in the world uh, and having conversations just like this about what can we be doing from a consciousness perspective to uh, heal and create an environment, a political environment in which we, we thrive. So, 
that's what I have for you today. I do, again, invite you to read that other column if you care to. The link is just below. And of course, if you happen to be uh, listening to this and you were there last night and you have something to add or argue with me about, please have at it. Otherwise, peace out, everyone. We'll see you next time.